Well, welcome everybody to episode eight of Behind Golf. And this one is a little bit of a, a Christmas special, actually. You can see the tree behind me, which is fully loaded up with balls. I have got um, four very special guests. I call them guests, but they're going to be... Oh, yeah, three. Sorry, three very special. Let me, let me just bring them in, all right? Welcome um, to Behind Golf. I know you've all now had an opportunity to do the individual, so I thought for our Christmas special, we would create a bit of a team bonding session. I have Chris Gill directly underneath me. I have Joe the Pro to my left, and to my bottom left is my brother, Paul Hendrickson. PGA champion of 2023. Now, I have brought with me a little glass of port. I always think it's good to have a little glass of port uh, at Christmas. Um, Christopher, what have you brought to the table? I'm just checking the date on my phone. Is it 1973? No, no, it's definitely not. Oh, that's handy. Uh, I've got a nice uh, 97 Riocca, Daniel. Oh, really? I don't know what the year of mine was, but uh, Joe the Pro, what are you bringing? Good old Amber Ale, it would be my Amber Ale. I didn't long drink it at bridge, but I'll do the trick. And Paul Paul generally likes a little glass of gin or what he clap he's got ours of the there it is. It's nice. That's a sweet. I'm not gonna lie, I'm a bit fed up with this winter. Um I'd rather it came to an end pretty quickly, to be honest. It's been horrific, isn't it? It's been absolutely I don't know what it's been like. I've been I've been in the northern parts, but down in this south here, it has been horrible every single day. You don't get much uh, bad weather on the coast there, though, do you? It's quite sheltered. No, to be fair, when the next stop is Brazil, no, no, you know, we, we are protected a little bit by um, Penzance, I suppose, maybe. But as rather rather at it. But I mean, on a Lynx course, it's no drama, is it? You're still open. You still people. Are oh, still open. Just, yeah, and we've still got some idiots to go and play. You know, the ones that are a little special. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't get out of there. It's horrible. We played at Travos uh, a couple of weeks ago, and it was snowing. Never played in the snow. Have you not? Like, no, no interest. Do you know it was? It was. I was playing. It was the snow was the thing that pushed me to go to college in America. Actually, me and Bernie were playing in a. Southwest Foursomes match and it started sleeting and snowing and we were topping shots left, right and centre and um, and we still won, amazingly. Yeah. But that was it. I decided that was the time for me to disappear off to Florida following that incident. You've brought nothing to the table at this moment, Paul. How are you getting on? I'm good. At the shop in my life this morning, went in for one of those. I went to the, um, to the gym with Brewfit, which is, which is an estate, really. And you got on these like, body scouted things. They measure, like, you know, what condition you're in, so not good. Apparently, my metabolic age is 59. <laughs> oh, God. It reads hairlines as well, does it? <laughs> you, got, if you got more hair up your nose than you've got on your head. I don't know what that's all about. Yeah. Well, on that note, then, Paul, you can actually join the seniors tour then, as we speak. I, I would think that I, if I have the um, the scan in, they might let me in. Yeah, well, you're all nine years. We've got nine years to catch up on. What worries me about that is he's only semi joking. <laughs> so, I thought today we could um, we we could run through a few topics that I kind of wanted to bring to the table. Um, I want to talk about. 
DP World Tour. I want to talk a little bit about the PGA Tour and all the carnage that seems to be going on in the um, in the media at the moment. Certainly, social media more so than anything else. And then, and then, why not? Why not skip on to um, the Live Tour and see what's happening over on on that that level? But I, I think it's quite nice to actually get you boys together and actually. Uh, get your opinions on these things because I actually think they'll be uh, actually quite different um, from the conversations that I've had with you guys. But let's start off with DP World Tour, okay? And it kind of moves into um, Louis, Louis. Let me talk about Louis for a minute. Louis Ustazen from for one move, all right? Back to back wins on the DP World Tour, taking control of the uh, South African swing down there, um, which. Bumps him up in the world rankings to now 133rd. Any opinions on that? Who wants to go first? You've got one. If I go first, I'm a bit of a fan of the world rankings ever since I actually managed to get on them a few years ago. I think the way that they're graded, I think the way that the points are accumulated, I think the the timeframes for which you accumulate those points, I just do not think it's a fair reflection, and I've never, I've thought, never thought it has really. Um, and I think now with the live and all that, they don't get points, etc. I think that's now only highlighted how how far off the track they actually are. And I appreciate there's politics there involved, but I think it does highlight when you've got Louis at one thirty something and Dustin Johnson at one sixty something. Well. Come on, it's about time we uh, we rewrote the handbook. I I believe that's my take. Can I interject? You, you certainly can, Joe the Press. I, I agree to an extent, Gilly, and I think it's fair to say that Dustin Johnson isn't the 160th best golfer in the world. In 65th. My apologies. Um, he's not that either. But they all knew what they were getting into. They all knew where they'd been there. There was no ranking points available. They were going. They were willing to risk that for the enormous riches that were on offer. So, yes, it's become non-reflective of, of who the best golfers in the world are. So, what is the relevance of that list now? Um, but, yeah, I, I'm, I'm of the opinion that they all knew what they were getting into. They've been handsomely rewarded. And if... They know they're not one three three and one six five. Was it? Uh, yeah, no, that. Uh, I'm sure they're. I'm sure they're comforted by their bed full of cash every night. So, um, I'm, I'm fine with it. Oh no, I completely agree with the whole the whole live knowing what they were getting themselves involved with. Even the things like riding up points, etc. I just, I for personal reasons or personal being involved in it. I, you know, I, I, I had a, believe it or not, this might surprise you. I had a couple of nice events. In some pretty big events, and uh, my ranking didn't change. You know, it almost stayed the same because th- there wasn't enough top, what was it, twenty-five players or top fifty players in the world playing in that event. And it's like, you know, that's why I, I, I completely agree with you with this stuff. Yeah, they they knew that they 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 knew. I think they they know. Not they knew. They know something down the line is going to change. I believe something is, and I believe that bubble was going to burst quicker than anyone gives it credit for. But um, I do think now it just highlights how obsolete it is now. Paul, um, are you, yeah, you're, you're, you've had a, have you, have you, have you, have you had world ranking points? Have you had, um, Gilly, I know you said you have. Paul, you, you've, you've had official world ranking points, have you? 
No, I have. You, you would have. Well, you'd miss the day. Ah, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, boy. Um, you you've had world ranking, but you've been on the list, have you? Been on the list only because you've entered a, a, a tour and they they put you on the list and then but I've not actually earned any points to go up with this so you might have bought this I don't this there's a few thousand golfers who are number I don't know two thousand in the world they're all kind of at the same number um, so I've been on the list but I've not had any points um, so it doesn't really count but I mean I think it's like like Joe and Gilly were saying is is completely obsolete now. The, the gold pot. I don't even know why people are still talking about it as a gold pot rankings. It's, I think, um, I put up on um, social media that um, I think Will Zalatoris picked up 2.1 points when he played in the Hero Tigers event over in um, Albany. Picked up 2.1 points for finishing last by like nine shots or whatever he finished last by. Um, and if you wanted to pick up the same amount of points on the DP World Tour that week, you had to finish seven. Yeah. You'd have to beat like 150 golfers. And it's just, it's just ridiculous. Tiger finished third to last in that same weekend. And he jumped up 430 places on the world rankings. But obviously those two guys are good golfers and they've been injured and they're coming back from injuries. And, and they are, you know, they should be probably higher than what they are. But just to, just that event to kind of jump them up that you know give them that amount of points and jump up that amount of places for finishing kind of you know third to last and last it's just it just it makes a mockery of the whole system out and then obviously what you boys just said about dj and bluey and we're still playing pretty good goal to be that far down the rankings it just it just makes it obsolete like Almost to a point where it's not worth your breath talking about it anymore. Somebody needs to come up with a better system and 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 come up with something that's relevant. Then, but what? But uh, so my question on from that then is why? Why are they not changing? Like, uh, I've got him on my list and I want to come back to him at some point in the uh, later on in this podcast. And that's we're talking about John Ram and we're talking about Live and things like that. But but it's where Rory turns around and says. John Ram should be should be playing in the Ryder Cup in 2025. Okay, which again is further on down my list to talk about that. What that what I'm saying by that is that they they've already in their mind changed the way in which that system works for a player to get into the Ryder Cup. So surely now is the time if they're if they've accepted that as world top world players that actually the world ranking committee, whoever they are. I think the RNA, the pre- previous secretary of the RNA, runs it. I think um, Peter Dawson. Peter Dawson, that's the one. Um, he, you know, is it tight? Should they be just literally leading the way in in some ways? But you've got. Um, I just noted this earlier, actually, and you've got so the board members of the world rankings. There's seven board members, so the people that have a seat at the table. Look how prepared you are. <laughs> <laughs> So the it's like watching Norris McWord to come out when he's got like a conger that's a 92 or something. So, people have got to eat at the table. Augusta, European Tour, PJ Tour, PJ of America, the, um, the USGA, the RNA, and there's another one for the International Federations of, P- of the PJ Tour. So that's like the World Tours. Right. So of those of those people, there's what is there four or five of the votes 
they're in America. Because you've got the USGA and PGA Tour, the US USGA, and you've also got the International Federation the PGA Tour, which includes PGA Tour itself. And also you've got you got to remember that the European Tour now is is is, is partly owned by the PGA Tour. Corn Ferry Europe. It's just a feeder tour. Well, it's not even it's probably just below the Corn Ferry Tour these days, is it not? I don't know. It's not actually for the exemption stuff it is, yeah. Yeah, you've got those are the guys that are running the the world rankings. So you know that they're, they're fully going to be in support of, of the American PGA Tour. I mean, it's just it's it, you know just like you want to know the reason why it's not changing. That's there's your answer right there. I think just the whole you know, I can on that. I'll get back to that in a second. So there's two points I want to make about the the points you were talking about from Tiger's event. There's a certain amount of hypocrisy knocking around where all of the PGA Tour players that stayed loyal and so on and so forth said, well, the reason we're not giving world ranking points or, or the people with the seat at the table making those decisions said, well, because they don't qualify for our criteria. Those events don't, and we can't qualify into them. There's no cut. Um, and I think it was like a 54 hole versus 72 hole. Well, that event at the Tiger Host, you can't qualify for it's invitational only. Again, there's no cut. So the rules, and then all of a sudden Rory's adamant that people can't play the Ryder Cup, like, and status are going to live was the best thing. You can't have these live players in the Ryder Cup. But John Rahm becomes a live player, and we need him to win the Ryder Cup, and all of a sudden Rory wants to Rory wants to rewrite the whole rule, rule but to accommodate. So there's a certain amount of hypocrisy there. That was my first point. Second point I was going to make was the um, Battle of the American stuff. So no laying up if you ever listen to, the, to that podcast. So I'll call it that some beef early on the podcast. Can you do that? They they seem to smash him, smash him, Joe. Do it. Smash. Well, they seem to think golf doesn't exist outside of the US, so they can't have them. They used to call. Um, I, I don't agree with that. In the fact that they, they were in the wrong of golf and that they yeah they were the golf for the um, they were at the home of golf for the uh, Walker Cup. And they used to they used to call some of the the higher they used to call Alex Lauren <laughs> um, the 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 OWG manipulator because. He was playing at events where the fields weren't strong enough and the points were over eggs, so he was relatively high in the rankings. And they said, because they gave no credibility to European tour events or the events that Norrin was playing in, they felt he was too high up because in their minds, if it's not on the VJ tour, it doesn't exist. And to the bigger picture of that, what sport has three of its four majors in the same country? So you can you can forgive them for, for feeling that that's the case because, you know, Tennis doesn't do that. Tennis has the US Open, and then it's got Wimbledon, it's got the French Open, it's got the Australian Open. That's, those are global spread-out majors. We play three in America, so you can forgive some of these people for having those views, and I blame the people who allowed that to happen. I'm just glad there's a good amount of water between you and the United States, to be honest, because that was going to get heated for a moment. Absolutely kills me, but I've got to agree with Joe. I absolutely back that 100%. So let's let's move on to the actual, whilst we're on about the United States and whilst we're on about the PGA Tour, one thing that popped up, um, one thing that popped up uh, I saw the other day was um, Victor Hovland's kind of comments about what we call, I would say, a bit of a shit show right now on the PGA Tour. Um, things going a little bit. Sorry, is that, is that our first swear word? Yeah, we're allowed. We're allowed on this show. You, 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 you fire away. Right. You fire away. Anyway, Bushwood Golf Club or Bushwood Country Club? There you go. <laughs> wow. Do they not have any? Your thighs getting? Gilly's wearing a shirt of the 
the Bushwood Country Club no, no, 1980 Haddy Day Golf Tournament Champion. Caddyshack. Yeah, no, no, it's just that, um, so Victor's obviously saying that there's a bit of a, it's a bit of a shambles at the moment with regards to the, um, the, the poor management of the PGA Tour by the board of the PGA Tour. Um, not necessarily treating his, or they're, they're not necessarily treating their, their the players on the tour as like members, but treating them more like laborers. Should we should we say that he he's kind of words that he's using? Um, but but is that is that any different in any walk of life with golf? Because no, I think about my days as being a, a golf club manager. And you know, members felt that they were they were being walked over by the board. Um, the PGA, how many PGA members do we talk about? The, 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 the them and them and us situation, isn't there? When there's talks about that, and I know Gilly's a little bit closer to the, all that than <clears throat> than we are yeah. now. But he's the PGA captain. And I, I do actually want to congratulate him, by the way, at this yeah. at this time, is to congratulate Chris as coming up to be coming our Southwest. PJ captain for 2024. Thank you very much. Which is exciting. Look forward to seeing that all unfold. Um, but that hasn't changed, has it? That has not changed with its golf clubs, whether it's PGA, whether it's the PJ Tour, whether it's the DP World Tour. The the boards always look like they roll over the players, should we say, <clears throat> or the members. Um, what do you think? Well, if you and even if you, even if you look at like we we've got we've got a couple of issues down here at the minute we've got some some very talented tennis players down here at the minute and the L, the LTA is run exactly the same you know I, I don't think golf is unique I think it's like in general Un, unfortunately it's the uh, it's the minority control the majority and um you know as long as the wheels turn that's the way it's been you know the strongest and the highest get get the best dibs and the rest of us have to pick up the scraps. I think I don't believe it's just golf. I believe it's something else. This is this is why I was always a little bit disappointed. If you remember when um you remember Joe, you would probably know a bit more because you're a little older than the rest of us. Um went out um remember when Gary Harris and stuff sat the 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 tour, um Gary from Swindon. He's at the tour and it was for the players, by the players and all this. It was all for the players and and he came out, and to be fair, the product that he brought to the table first 12, 18 months was fantastic. Then saw how much money there was to be earned and and twisted the screw a little bit, and that was it. And and, and I'll also quickly, because I know we're kind of struggling time a bit, but I remember the first season I ever played a Euro Pro Tour, we had a we had an unofficial players committee, which I was on. And if you looked at it at the time, it was 250 good entry for 156 guys, which came to about 42 grand. And and forty grand was in the price price pot. Not once did we get an ounce of the of the sky money that Barry and Peter Little were getting. Not once did we get a, a penny from anything else that came into the pot. And it was at times, and I remember chatting to Barry with drunk every now and again. Um, you know, there was a big pot there, and it never came to the forefront. We were only ever playing for our own money, and they were using the players as this commodity, as this vehicle to go and earn whatever they, they were earning at the time, which was a lot, lot of money. I'm going to counter that a little bit, so I'm going to think um, my take on that. I think there's a tipping point where the balance of power shifts at Euro Pro level, at Jamaica level, and even some of the journeyman PGA Tour level, they're not the product. They're not what people are tuning in. They're not selling the TV. So I see a lot of, um, who's the guy? There's a few sort of journeymen 
causing causing quite a lot of fuss and, and meeting and disruption in the player meetings saying we deserve this we need better standards of this and there's something like 117th on the order of merit, something like William McGirtz or something like that. And quite frankly, it's going to sound terrible, but no, who, who, who other than William McGirtz's mum and wife is switching the TV on to watch him play? He's, I mean, he's an exceptionally talented golfer. He's one of the top 200 of the world, I'd imagine, far better than me. But he's not moving the needle. He's not selling those televis- television rights. Rory is. Hovland is. Scheffler. And... I'm a little bit with them, whereby I think they deserve the bulk of the money. I'm, I'm probably losing my train of the way a little bit, but I, I just, when you're talking about Euro Pro and Jamigas and even the PGA events we play in, I can understand the Hovland point of view where you fall down being thought of as laborers because they are the product. Without Hovland, without Ram, Ram, Rory, whoever, there isn't a DJ tour to promote, so they've got more power. So they understand they've got more power. If you're a PGA regional golfer, well, quite frankly, you know, the PGA don't really need you to put on an event because they're losing money in the event. So the, the dynamics are different, I think, so you can't judge all the situations the same, in my opinion. I think those top guys, they do deserve more money because they're the ones that put bums on seats. Paul, anything to add to that? I mean, yeah, I mean, I agree with what Joe's saying, really, that, you know, you, you uh, I heard some of your stuff where you were complaining that Rory won the DP World Tour, which, you know, wasn't right that he won it, really, because I don't think he paid enough events he didn't support, you know, majors counting towards DP World Tour and other events counting World, World Golf Championship. It just doesn't really make sense. But, you know, the, the dream scenario for the DP World Tour is that Rory wins wins the deal with America or whatever it's called now and get raced to Dubai or whatever. Um, that's your dream scenario for a marketing perspective. And you can see that they've manipulated it in a way that the big boys are, are going to wear them, but it will, you know, it's, it's probably better for TV, but actually is it kind of a hollow victory? Is it, is it really, did he really win that? I know if he'd have played, if he'd have played week in, week out, he'd hundred percent won it. Um, but to win it with playing the, the small number of events that he played, it's a bit of a hollow victory, I think, and, and, and it's a bit of shame for the guys who played week in, week out and had good results, but get nowhere in the rankings. Well, it's almost like a bit of an old-fashioned way of doing it, isn't it? You could almost almost break it back, and this will never happen, by the way, but you could break it back where every week, regardless on what event, who was playing the prize pot, winner gets 100 points, second gets 95, and you work down the list. And it doesn't matter whether it's Wentworth, the Open, or it's Madeira Open, or wherever it is. If you had a, a, a equal point standing, then that would give you the best player on that particular tour. And then you do then get into your um, the more events I play, the better chance I've got. But what about the majors? Would you would you elevate them? Because surely a, a second place at the US Open should be worth more than a, a second place at the Madeira Islands Open. I don't know. I'm 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 not saying that you that you would do that or you wouldn't do that. I'm just saying that that's the only fair way of doing it. That's 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 fair. Every even even the US Open, if you win, it's worth hundred points. You win the you win the Portuguese Masters, it's hundred points. That's the only fair way of doing it. But we don't live in a fair in a fair fair world, so you're never going to get to that point. Just not. Does does Jay Menahan? Does he does he resign? Does he finish? He's very, yeah. <laughs> he got it. He'll be gone by the end of the year. They're still talking about this 
December thirty first deadline, aren't they, for the yeah. negotiations? And I think something sounds from the rumours I've heard very much in the offing by the end of the year. And I think Monaghan stepping down will be, in my opinion, I think will be will be a part of that deal. Yeah, I'm I'm the same. I, I've I, I've heard a couple of things in the bongo drums in the last couple of weeks from friends I still don't play it, and they they seem to think that they're trying to they're trying to word it in a way where they're almost giving him a get out. So it doesn't say that he's resigned. They're going, he says, well, I, I can no longer work in this fashion or I can't work with this person or this group or whatever the case is. So they are working at giving him a get out. But the guy's got to go. You know, he's a little bit like a football manager. He's lost control of the dressing room. He's lost the confidence of the dressing room. He's got to go. And then, and then what about um, what about the DP World Tour um, commissioner then or whatever they call him? The, uh, Keith yeah. Canadian, Canadian, Tim, Canadian lad. Um, oh, Gilly's gone. Uh, he doesn't like Keith Bailey, does he? What, 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 what do we think there? Because I, th- I feel like he's just massively gone under the radar with all of this. I think he's think... negotiated some of the worst. Um, the, the only thing that's improved since he's been in charge of the DB or Europeans or whatever you want to call it is the social media output. That's really good, um, and it's engaging content. I think. But from he seems to negotiate some of the worst partnership and commercial deals I've ever seen. What what business operates whereby you get to the end of the season and your ten best performing commodities are as a reward you lose them? Like what 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 sort of a who can operate like that as a business? Like it, it, that to me is astonishing. You just instantly the minute you sign that deal, you become a feed at all. And you've you've signed a death warrant for your for your product. It's um as boiled experience lower than corn ferry. It's it's yeah. It's almost like Man Man City went to the league and saying that Ireland and 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 De Bruyne and everyone else have got it up. You know, got to go because they're going to go and play the better league. They're all going to play in the league for Barcelona. It's madness. What he's done is mental. It, and he he, he frames it as I'm acting on behalf of the players, and my responsibility is to provide them. The best playing opportunities, I guess, in in some realms, that makes sense. But you can't hold another product up as better than yours and say, "Well, I've got to give it the best opportunities, so we'll push them to a better." You've got to you've got to back your own product and make it better for it to be aspirational. Surely, it's like it is staggering that to me. Yeah, I'm I'm with you there. Yeah, it, it just seems to me like he's the they're in bed with PJ Tour, in that you know they need to. He's been put in place of the European tour, but he's he's got to make sure that in you know, yeah, way against doesn't go against the PJ tour. As well researched and prepared as me, Paul, um, which sadly you're not. They are very much in bed, aren't they? So yeah. got um, so they're propping up the PJ tour are propping up the European tour prize fund to the tune of about two hundred and fifty million a year because he was struggling so much and part of that propping up those prize funds and guaranteeing prize funds yeah. were things like so I guess maybe he was left with very little option, but I've tried to it was on the project or I think owns fifty percent TP World Tour. So, yeah, and it underwrites a lot of the lot of the prize fund. You know. But yeah. can but, but can the PGA Tour actually afford that? Well, I mean, it's a bit like it's a bit like monopolies emerge, isn't it? There's there's been acts put in place to stop that happening. And it's it's almost like you know, that's their biggest competitor. I mean, Liv's come along and stuff changed that, but European Tour has been their biggest competitor over the years, so it's it's in their interest to keep them keep them below them and keep control of them, so that they don't kind of reach out and and um and and you know get better than PGA Tour or bigger because 
you know, if, if let's say Bruce's European tour had merged with Lick, because there was talks about that. I don't know how close they ever came to happen, but there was talks of them kind of piggybacking on the back of the European tour. If that had happened, it'd be very interesting to see what 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 the scene situation would be like now, because you certainly have two tours that were rivaling each other. You know, maybe the tour would have been bigger then if they'd got that, they'd have got world ranking points and, and done it that way. You know, it would have been interesting to see what would have happened if that happened. Well, if they had emerged, then it would have all been okay. And then players would have probably gone a little bit earlier and gone for the money a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, moving on, like staying on the PG tour, but moving on to <clears throat> Tiger Woods. I want to talk about Tiger Woods. He's not really been, um, uh, obviously he's not been playing a great deal this year and hasn't been playing a great deal for the last, well, I would say probably since 2000 and 2008, 2009 has been his, you know, in and out until that point. Um, his Nike deal. So t- when I think of t- when I think of Tiger Woods, I I just it it's like thinking of Michael Jordan, isn't it? You think of Michael Jordan, you think of Nike, you think of Air Jordan, you think of Roger Federer, you think of Nike. Um, all these top amazing athletes. Um, it's like when you think Under Armour, you think Chris Gill. It's not yeah, anything, you're all there. Absolutely. 100%. That's exactly what you think. Um, so, but but there's talks now and, and seems like it's going to come through. And maybe this all started back in, back in the time when he struggled to get into a pair of Nike golf shoes and he was wearing the, the Footjoy Premier Series shoes. What, what, you know, is it going to come to an end? Does it come to an end? I mean, it's like Michael Jordan still is still Nike, really, in some ways. And Roger Federer never ended it. He just finished playing tennis. You know, is it not? Is it not more of a fairy tale story that 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 Tiger Woods retires from golf and retires with Nike attached to him? It um, it would be, wouldn't it? But I don't think it's going to be. I mean, Jordan thing is obviously pretty different, isn't it? He was the sort of first, to my knowledge, and. Limited, but uh, watching watching the Netflix film Air and things like that. What a great, you know, film that was, by the yeah. way. Well, great. He's he's one of the few that actually he's he's pulled up the company, isn't he? He's bought he's he's got huge amounts of shares in his line and he has the right. So he's he's bought in, and that line is astronomical, isn't it? Like it's it's out of control revenue. Yeah. Whereas the Tiger Woods line of clothing and like TW shoes and. Like I'm sure it makes you know just good, but it's nothing in that sort of realm. So it's it's a different kind of fish. But from his reaction the other day when they asked him about it, it does seem like it's coming to an end, doesn't it? He said, "I'm I'm still wearing it." Period. I'm still wearing it. The days, and I just saw something on Instagram. His son Charlie's just signed with Grayson Clothiers, isn't he? So they're the company that look after Justin Thomas, his best mate, as well. So you know, I. Wouldn't be surprised if there was a Tiger Grayson Clothiers collaboration. Well, I always, always, always remember when, because I was heavily into Nike hardware back a few years ago. And I always remember when they pulled out literally overnight. Was or was it overnight? Was within an hour. We all, we all got told. And uh, the reason I was told, and I don't know if this is even factually true, but the reason I was told that Nike hardware worldwide sold less than one style of LeBron James's trainers. And it was one color, like, and that was it. 
it was like purple and yellow might have been is it the lakers something like that I, i'm not really into basketball but apparently this one trainer made more money for nike than the entire hardware for nike yeah and i'm like yeah okay that now makes sense why you would pull the plug and i think it's going to be the same the tiger you know for how much he still brings in um um tv or audiences and you know still engages and all that does it have the same appeal to wear the same tiger red shirt it's been going for 30 odd years now you've got you you got to be a little bit wary you you know you are not flogging a dead horse because it's like you can never flog a dead horse but it ain't it ain't far off it do you know what i find about is one little thing you know you see scotty scheffler and the um he's he's playing against woods in the same competitions with a TW logo on his back and the TW irons in his bag. Imagine and on the bottom of the shoes, Dale. Shoes. You know, head of the bottom of the shoe. Imagine you going head to head with this guy again. Oh, dress because it's like that's weird. And if I can borrow a shirt for Friday. Yeah, yeah that's weird. Yeah, like any year it's weird. I can't picture it in um can't, can't picture it in anything else, but be you know, quite, it'd be quite amusing to see Tiger rock up at the first tee and do a Derek Buck and have like a Dunlop shirt on there, wouldn't it? You say this and Druid's golf or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Schubert. Schubert shoes, like with the tassel on the front. Um, it'd be good. Comfy, waterproof, can't, can't golf all day. feel like a deep sea diver. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it's certainly going to be. Um... And then an, an end of an era. Paul's not chirping in on this one, but it definitely feels like it's going to be an end of an era. Fashion, Dan, the last thing Paul knows know, knows about that and that and any kind of air product. Yeah, I, I didn't. I don't do much on this. That I did. Okay, bringing you then uh, further on into live golf. I know we've clipped, we've we've jumped on it a little bit um, throughout this podcast, but just talking a bit, a little bit about uh, John Ram, and and we all know that John Ram's gone to live golf and. It's kind of old news now to a point, but but what is his team? He called him John Ram. His name Ram. It's Ram. John Ram. Rambo, isn't he? Rambo. Rambo. Ram's the sheep with the horns down. John Ram. Ram. Ram's got eight. Who's his team going to be? Who's his team? The Rams. Like LA. Okay, I'm, I'm really interested in the team. I'll, I'll throw a name. I'll, I'll throw a name in the hat. Then does Tyrrell Hatton go to live with Ram? Thank you, Dan. Do you, do you know what I think? Please I tell it, Paul. Well, the the big boys that are going to go are going to be guys who are guaranteed majors. So you need to look at who's won a major recently. Because if you win a major, you got five years five years of all the other majors so i think he looks like cyril hatton is he gonna go probably not because he's gonna probably play the rest of the majors next year but then following that if he signs a two three year or year five year deal with them he's going to be in, in serious trouble unless things change to try and get in the majors going forward because his world rankings will drop you know at the moment they've got no provision for live players to play on the majors so i think if you're looking at the big boys who are going to go, you know, like look at um, you look at John Brown. Um, he's he's got five years. He's got guaranteed five years in nature. So that is a perfect time, isn't he? Like you say, coming off a Masters win, he's in everything, so he doesn't have to worry about that. But do you not? But for fellas, do you not think if you if you look at if you started up now with the ilk of player that's going over, and like and I can mention something I've had about this week. If you look at the ilk of player that's going. 
they must have some inside information going, look, come to us. It might take a couple of years, but we will have world ranking boys. We will have a way of getting you into the matrix. There's no way Ram would go. I don't believe. I know it's a lot of money, and I understand that. But if he couldn't play Ryder Cup, he couldn't play majors, I don't believe he would go. I reckon there's something in the pipeline, there's something behind behind the scenes that, that in a couple of years' times, December 23 now, I reckon December 25, we did another podcast, it will be, oh, yeah, it's just all one tour, or there's live, but they've got rights, and whatever the, whatever the case, however they would, however they decide to ice the cake, it will happen. I think, I think it has to happen, but it's a gamble at the moment, isn't it? You know, I think they were saying, I mean, all the, there was rumours that the Live Tour boys were told that they'd have world rankings within a year or something, and that's not, that's not come forward, is it? So I think at the moment it's a big gamble. Like I said, like Joel Rahm is guaranteed five years in the majors. Ryder Cut, no, he's not, but he's obviously taken a punt on that. That's two years away. Um, so I, I just think if you're looking at the big boys that are going to go, if they go and make a decision now, unless they've got inside information, like you say, Gilly, but they're going to they're make it based on that they've got through four years in the majors. Because I think that's a massive thing for these top boys. The majors, you know, like, like it was been Woods. The playing the majors is the important bit, and that's the bit. And that's the only thing I think holding most of them back is an guaranteed spot in the majors. I think that's the problem. I agree with you. Still said that, that, then... Yeah. I agree with you to an extent. I just I'm not sure there's the risk. I think ultimately, it's there's an inevitability that Liv will win when you're dealing with an unlimited pot of cash. They can go nuclear at any point and just they could give out any sum of money to to the PGA Tour. And I don't know why they haven't done it to this point because I think they're trying to just piggyback on the infrastructure of the PGA Tour and what's already there and, and come to some sort of applicable like we're going to do you, but. Let's make it less painless. Let's make it less painful for you, and it'll be an easier transition for you if we just absorb you. But if you don't want it, we'll just buy everyone slowly and short. You know, inevitably, I think the Saudis will run gold um, and the second people said it, that money that that opened the floodgates. That's all right. Personally, and this is obviously just um, speculation. I I don't think there is a risk at this point. I think they've got so many people now. My only surprise is that I thought it would be sooner and I think it is going to be sooner but then that wouldn't make sense why would the PIF spend 400 million pounds on a player that if the mergers just round the corner they'd be getting for free it seems like an odd an odd out there cash unless there's something in the contract that says you know it's 400 million but if we merge that goes down to do you know what I mean I just think there's an inevitability about it and I see less risk than you do than that and I'd have gone I don't know. It's, um, so let me check my phone. I believe Joe would have gone for 400 lira back in the day. <laughs> not wrong. <laughs> not wrong. Um, you think Till Hatton go? Gilly, give us your give us your thoughts on Victor. Because well, there was talks of Victor. There was talks of Victor. I have a feeling you're a man in the know. In our oh, no, fairly, fairly close to the floor at the minute. And I, I've got it on extraordinarily good sources that Hovland's deal is done. Uh, apparently he was signed middle part of last week, which is why he's finally come out in the press and he's had it going. This is from somebody who 
is not part of the DP world. We've got part of that admin. He's part of another part of the golf vehicle. Um, but he's, he said, he said, I know full well that he is, he signed, um, it's done. He is just waiting to get Christmas out of the way and then he's going to announce it. So if he's going and kind of what you're saying, Joey, if he's going and there's no guarantee for majors at the minute, then there must be something down the line. There must be something in the pipeline, which they go, look, our lawyers have said A, B and C. This is definitely going to happen. There it is in black and white. That's that's where I think it's going. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Well, yeah. is it is it then now time for majors to just be standalone? I know they're standalone to a point anyway, but is it is it now time that they they take it all under control for themselves and who gets their entry? Just like them, just in some ways, just like the Masters in in some ways on it. Does the RNA do the same for the Open? Do they just? I mean, I. I, I don't I don't think Martin Slumbers would let that happen. Um, he doesn't strike me as that kind of guy. Um, the RNA still feel they've got a bit of this old fashioned antiquated clout, uh, which maybe they have, but I I don't believe so. I just I think what Joe was saying, you know, if you've got this money, this pot of money, and you can pretty much steamroll over anyone, pretty much, then it's going to happen. Yeah, I, th I think the longer it goes on, I think it 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 shows that the the majors, the, the committee members of the majors are all in bed with the PJ Tour because I just think um, you know the majors they want the best players, they want the best players playing, and if they if they pass it up on twenty thirty, who you know really are the top players in the world, they're passing those guys up, then they're not they're not producing the best fields that they can for their tournament. And I think the longer that goes on, the more it, it just shows how, how, you know, how much, how much of a monopoly golf has become. It's become like, um, it's all under one sort of umbrella, whereas it's not. And anybody who tries to break away from that is being kind of, you know, kicked off at, into obscurity. And it's, it just shows, I think the longer the majors hold off, letting the best players in the world come and play. I think it just shows that there's a bit of corruption, I think, in, in the game of golf and professional race and stuff. No, I don't think it shows up even even worse, though. Because the, because especially the PJ Tour, they always came out as though, you know, they go, and I, and I loved watching, especially on a Sunday night, they'd have the, the chief guy from Honda, they'd have the chief guy from Buick or wherever it was. Oh, here he is, so-and-so, so-and-so. Oh, you've donated 300 million to local charities down the years and stuff like that. Well... There's got to be some. There's got to be. He's a businessman. It doesn't matter who you are. You 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 are going to get something back off that. Yes, it's brilliant to do it for charity, and maybe the majority of it is a tax dodge. But you still have to take something back off it. And I don't believe that it has been, as you rightfully say, I don't believe it's been as clear cut and as and as um and as this kind of nirvana environment as they've always painted it out to be. And you see, and why they just lost one of them. Is it um, Wells Fargo just pulled out of, yeah. God. of, of that sort of thing? And people, they're just, as you rightly say, you know, people aren't seeing the return on investment. But, you know, there's only so much money you can throw away for tax purposes. You've got any, something still, you want to see a return on that investment. And if people with major sponsors are pulling out, they're obviously not seeing that return on investment. So it's interesting to go back to your uh, your point of the lack of options and stuff. Well, I see that on a, 
maybe I'm pessimistic about a microcosm level where we play on regional stuff. You, we see little bits of that where, you know, with releases for bigger events and you can't play that because there's a, a program going on here and you have to request releases and, and certain things that, that I would probably disagree with, but the PGA would say they're protecting the field and their events and they've got every right to do so. But if you're talking monopolies, if you're a, if you're a golf professional that's not a tour pro and you're a club pro or a coach, there's no other option than to be a member of the PGA of Great Britain or Ireland in our country. So when you when there's no options, you have to put up with what the product that they give you. And they would say you've got to say in that by joining committees and getting involved. And But some people don't have the time or inclination to do that. They just hope for a better product in the first place. But yeah, I mean, it'd be interesting if a, if a, to a smaller level, a smaller scale live came and rival the the pga provided better playing opportunities for people like self paul and who was still very very competitive and you barely got one thing to play it really that's that's a little semi side i brought there you go i agree with that all right so even though i'm on our committees and obviously captain i i agree with that oh, oh, oh. last thing i wanted to mention then was obviously the Ryder cup and uh the the comments about now it's all okay for from rory to 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 for Ram, Ram, to play in the 2025, which I really want to be. I want to be at Beth Page because that place is going to be rocking. I think Beth Page Black is <clears throat> mental. The New York fans are going to butcher the European players, absolutely butcher them. And I actually think, <clears throat> I actually think um, the Europeans could do with someone like John Ram to be there taking one for the team against those New York fans. Should he be playing? Will he be playing? Can I start? Ultimately, I think you are the... I just asked him, I started, I just started, didn't wait for the answer. But um, ultimately, all you want is the 12 best players on each side, surely. So however that comes about, even if that goes to 12 picks, I mean, we've gone from two... Well, when I first told you right about it was ten in qualification and two bigs, then it was three, then last time around it was six. Like getting closer for you to get a pick. Getting closer for you to get a pick, Joe. There's any chance, you know. Uh well, to bring the oranges on at half after half time. Yeah. <laughs> out comes the bucket, out with the sponge bucket and the oranges. Oh, magic sponge. There's no half time of the lighter cups, so Joe's on you, get it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, must be right off there. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, ultimately, whatever you do, you just want the 12 best players. And if that's 12 picks, if you can't get qualification process, it gives you the option of getting... Like, I kind of thought the Ryder Cup was um, poorer for not having Bryson there. I thought it was poorer for not having... It was a great Ryder Cup. We thumped them and brilliant. Right but I thought it was poorer for not having some of the names that missed out. Sergio, even Polters, and like, I don't know, Lee. That's, it would have been really Yeah, you had some own villains or that. But you just want the 12 best players playing against one another. But whatever qualification process allows that, and I think we're getting closer to the 12 picks. And if, if nothing's amalgamated by that point, I think you're getting closer to a 12 a twelve pick scenario, uh, which I wouldn't be opposed to. And my last comment on that would be, if we can't do that in the Ryder Cup, I think the biggest golf event of history, and I saw this on Instagram the other day, and I wholeheartedly agree, if you put a, a, a Ryder Cup-style event, Live versus PGA right now, and put it on pay-per-view, you would... Make a kid. Imagine Tiger captain in PGA Tour, Phil captain in Live. Then you've got Rory against Brooks first out. 
Bryson again, you know, you, 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 if you started it, Joe, you would save golf. You'd be the person that saved golf. I'm not sure I've got the contacts or the infrastructure to pull that together. I'll give it a bash. Um, you know, the junior organizer of Celtic, though, then, then you can have a word of him. He's, he's left. Uh, <laughs> okay. Paul, what have you got to say for, uh, for the last couple of minutes on this uh, podcast with it? Um, yeah, I think I think I think that I don't think we're going to get spoiled picks because I think there's an interest from the DP World Tour as they're interesting the Ryder Cup. They're what twenty five percent of it. Who's, who's going to qualify? Who's going to qualify now? We're giving away the ten best players. So you think I'm off that? I know what you're saying, but I don't think it'll happen because they have the best and interesting tools. So they'll they'll manipulate it in a way that they're still you know the people on their tool will have to do well and they'll get in. So I think it might go to like six picks. I think you know. Joel Brown will be playing, but, you know, unless something, he gets a big injury or something, you know, he'll get a pick at least. So if Don't had six picks last time. He's not going to want less than six picks this time because it worked for him last time, isn't it? So I'm assuming he'll go with the same um, numbers. So if he's got six picks and he needs John Brown out, then, well, that's that would be... Um... But Donald's the kind of character that that, that would and that could... Do you know what I mean? He's quite old-fashioned. He's quite antiquated. It wouldn't surprise me if he did. I'm not saying he would. I'm just saying it wouldn't. It wouldn't surprise me. And that's where I think. I think next Ryder Cup is going to still be a bit of the status quo. I believe the one in about twenty uh, twenty-seven is the one that's gonna that's gonna show exactly where we are within the world of golf. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Right, gentlemen. Um, that has brought us to the end of our Behind Golf podcast. Um, I just want to take this opportunity to thank you all for coming on. I think we've covered some fantastic topics there, and um, I think we can do this again. I'd like to hear what people think in the comments as to what they think about it. Have you enjoyed your time? I think bringing on a little glass of uh, of something with us is definitely gets gets a few of us. Get, certainly got Joe going there. I, I wouldn't, you know, got fired up there. Or you would have Joe. Happy to. Yeah, wouldn't it? Just an opinionated man, you know. As if you're a deep thinker like me, you can't help but form your own opinions. No, absolutely. Sorry, deep. A deep what? You heard. Jens, thanks for your time, and I'll see you again. Well, I'll see you again. Have a great Christmas, by the way. Yeah, happy Christmas, boys. Have a good one. Happy Christmas, everybody else. Thanks, boys. Thank you very much. See you again soon.